Welcome along to episode 31 of In at the Side. Uh, we have the pleasure of being joined by uh, Gloucester Griffin's Mixed Ability Rugby Team tonight. Uh, as always, I'm Neil Williamson. I'm joined by JK and uh, all the guys from, uh, from the setup over in Gloucester. How's everyone doing? You okay? Yeah, doing good, thank you. Excellent, excellent. And uh, how you been uh, sort of coping in lockdown? Have you uh, been managed to do a bit of training and stuff and keep yourself, uh, keep yourself active? Yeah, definitely, yeah. Excellent, excellent. And um, have you uh, have you sort of uh, done any? I know a lot of clubs are doing sort of like um, videos, passing the ball and that sort of thing. Did you do anything like that to sort of keep the team together? Yeah, we did. Yeah. Excellent, excellent. Right. So um, first of all, um, I mean, tell us a bit about the team. I mean, we, we're obviously joined by um, the rest of the guys. We've got Rich, who's the director of rugby. Uh, we've got Darren, who's head coach and player, and obviously Rich plays as well. Um, and we've got uh, Jez, who's player welfare and um, a player and welfare officer. Um, Andrew, what is it you do at the, at the club? Is it your, your player, or do you have a role at the club as well? Uh, no, I'm just I'm just an mixability, mixability player. Excellent, excellent. What position so, do you play? Uh, I have no idea. You have to ask Rich. <laughs> I play I play multiple positions over the season. <laughs> That's it. It's a, uh, Rich has been hard task. Front five. Front five. Excellent, excellent. No worries. So. Um, Tell us a little bit about the team. How did it get set up? I mean, who, who wants to take that one? Yeah, I don't mind taking it. That's fine. So, uh, basically, we set up in 2017 in the summer uh, with a joint enterprise from Long Levens Rugby Club, where we're based out of, and Gloucester Rugby Club on a on a short 12-week like, programme through the, um, the NGB. And so when they pulled away... They, they took, there was a few players that disappeared with them and I was left with probably about 15 players. Um, but over the course of the last two and a half, three seasons, we've now got up to nearly a 50-player base. Um, and because of the success of what we've done, we've now moved on to coaching within junior schools and stuff, with well, special needs schools, sorry. Um, and we coach, on average, about 150 children per week. Wow. Look at that. That's a yeah. full-time job. <laughs> yes. Three teams. Yes. You've got more yeah. teams than most rugby clubs. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You'll, you'll see that, honestly, in training. You'll get anywhere between 40, uh, 30 and 40 people regularly training. I mean, now we've just literally gone back to training now. And we've had to split into two groups of 20, haven't we? Six or seven and seven yeah. to eight. You know, we're filling the numbers and turning people away at some points as well. So, yeah, really good, really good. That's a big coaching set up then. How many coaches uh, have you guys got uh, handling that rabble? It's actually, it's split into five. So, you know, it's quite easy to split four coaches between groups of five and manoeuvre it around that way. You know, you can still social distance. You can still do a little bit of fitness. You can still do, you know, skills, you know, on on your own personally. Um, We've got lots of drills, lots of internet stuff we've been digging in. Because it's new to everyone. I mean, I've yeah. searched more on the internet now for these sort of rugby singular skills than any time in my life. And it's probably a benefit in some respects because it takes it right back to basics. And, and you know, it's really good. Really good. That's excellent. That's excellent. And in, in terms of training, I'm assuming, like you said, because you mentioned social distancing, you guys are back training and you train Tuesday, I'm assuming, and are you doing twice a week or just once? Uh, no, um, we basically, well, me, because obviously I play for the Long Evans Gris, uh, Disability Griffins. Mm-hmm. So we, we train on a Wednesday. So I, I've been doing six till seven. Right. And as, as Darren said, it, it last night was a, a lot of round of fitness. 
um, a bit of game game based and um, a bit of fun game from uh, uh, fun games, fitness and some skill work, which I actually found really really good and it actually helped me quite a lot. Yeah, I'm not I'm not looking forward to it. Our club's just started back uh, this week and yeah yeah. Well, I've done two sessions now. I did Tuesday just gone and the Tuesday before it. I knew prehand that it was going to be fitness, and I still turned up. Um, <laughs> I don't know about anybody else, but the weirdest, the weirdest time in training was that bit at the start where everyone's got their boots on, they're stood there waiting for training to start, and you're not throwing a ball to each other or kicking yeah. each other. That's yeah. Really yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah, that's that's that was first because obviously I've been back for two weeks now, and the first yeah. week I went back, it was really weird because usually we we're throwing a ball around, talking, laughing, joking with each other. Obviously, doing a bit of like handling skill. If you drop the ball, you got to run around the circle and come back and testing yeah. people's fitness. And you can't at the, at the moment, unfortunately, you can't do that at the moment. But fingers yeah. crossed. Hopefully, soon things will go back to normal soon. Yeah. Well, that must I be think, really sorry. That's all right. No, I, I, I was I was just going to say, like Neil, you've been in the um, in rugby for for years, yeah. and you know, you yeah. I'm an old I'll allow it. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what it's like at a training session, how difficult it is to get everybody together, yeah. you know, start training. It's actually, from what I see for the two sessions that I've attended, everybody's a lot more focused. Mm. And I know it's really, really difficult, but it's getting people into that point where they know that they're there to do something. They've only got 50 minutes to an hour to do it. Yeah. Let's get there. We've not seen each other for almost 12, 12, 14 weeks. Mm maybe more yeah. in some cases and whereas we know we want to you know have a little chat and a catch-up we also know as well that, that we're there to do to do a job in essence and I think it, it, yeah. it's definitely given structure to people which is the one thing even from my point of view I've struggled over the last three months with having a structure working yeah. from home not yeah. having those breaks that I need and I've literally read you know me I hate training yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I think I saw you twice in, in the yeah. years we played together. I think I saw you twice. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and that's because you weren't there the other times. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I think everybody's found the last sort of like the, the two two sessions really good. Even though we haven't, as Andy says, we haven't been able to interact like we would. Mm. It's still having those people around. Yeah. Yeah. And Darren and Rich with. In having to tra plan training sessions, especially within our slots, that must be really challenging. That must be like, you know, because coaching a session of 30 blokes is bad enough as it is, but then having to split it down to make sure everyone's socially distanced, to make sure all the rules are being followed, it must be an absolute nightmare. Yeah. Yeah. It's certainly not easy. Given um, it's a mixability team, and obviously, and I know. Obviously, the reason why this this sort of subject is close to me is my, my oldest son has Down syndrome. So, obviously, mixability teams was a godsend, and I'm thankful, so thankful, because obviously, nine, obviously now, nearly 10 years ago, it wasn't a thing, and now yeah. there is. I'm so happy. Obviously, it must be, I know it's difficult for my coaching staff, um, my team, having to try and plan those six people at a time, no touching the ball, this, that, and the other. But for a mixability team, having to keep the sessions not only... Um, obviously social distancing, but engaging at the same time, given the, the breadth of abilities you've got within there, that must make that right up here in the terms of mm. the... Mm. Yeah, yeah I, I'm not, I'm not going to lie, it's, it's a lot of hard work, but 
the players respect what we say. We've, you know, we've enforced a few things. We've like almost demanded, I guess, that players respect the rules that we've put in place because they're not going to be here for forever. It's just a, a period of time, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and and when, when the when the lads turn up, they, like, like Jess has, has already alluded to, it's it's very refreshing that they're all focused. They all they all, they all just want to get back to it in whichever way sort they can really. Yeah. So it's quite nice that. Darren does all the rugby side now of like in a training plan and I can then focus on like the social distance inside of things. So we, we kind of bounce off each other with ideas, you know, could we do this a bit better? Is this a bit risky, etc. etc. Yeah. Yeah. And one thing as well as part of the the inclusive side of it as well is some of the guys are still quite high risk and they can't train. So they have access to um, that training program as well. So they can do it at home. So try and make it a little bit more user-friendly in that respect. But I'll be honest with anyone, as soon as we get back to rugby, I'll never complain again. No. If, you can't say, if you can't say you, you cannot plan a session under normal circumstances, there's something wrong because this is such a challenge. But we're doing well with it, I think. I think we're doing okay. Yeah. We're enjoying it. Well, I know that my coach has, has certainly struggled and stuff in, in Hereford and... Um, I was just chatting to him about it, and as I said, I wanted to bring it up with yourselves. But I mean, it, it would pick on my head just to do a normal session, you know, especially when I know that you guys said you always have good turnouts, but I can't imagine how frustrating it is when you plan a session for 30 people and then only five turn up, you know. Um, it's, good that, it's, <laughs> it's good that you guys have got the uptake, and you know, that's never normally an issue, obviously. Yeah. Perfect. Um, now, Obviously, this might be a bit of a, a sort of a stick in the, a throat moment, but I know that you guys were meant to be at the World Cup. Um, was it over in Ireland a couple of weeks ago? Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. Sorry to mention that. Um, That's right. <laughs> so what's, what's the plan going forward? I mean, is it you've got to wait another four years? Are they redoing it? I mean, what's, what's, what's the situation? Um, yeah. Well, um, from far as I know, obviously... Um, obviously, uh, the coach, uh, like Darren and um, Rich, are obviously going to know a lot more than the players because they're going to be dealing with it quite a lot. But from what I know of, uh, I think it's been postponed until 2021 of June next year. Right. Which, um, in my point, was um, great. It's great we're still going. Because mm -hmm. I, th I think the whole, the whole squad, um, the, I, think, I think it's a, is it a 35 man squad we can take. 30. 36, thank you, Rich. Um, no, so, but, 30, Andy. Sorry, say it again, three Rich. Zero. Oh, 30, three, sorry. Zero. <laughs> <laughs> I want to cream my ears out. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, um, the, the, the 30 players who, who are going, obviously, you've got to be careful what I'm saying, but it doesn't sound like I'm being nasty. But the 30 people, the 30 squad, the 30 man squad, or women's squad, however you want to put it. Um, it's great that then people are still going because obviously they've worked really hard and they deserve a chance to bring that cup home. Yeah. Um, obviously, I mean, I'm included in that. 30, I'm included in that thirty squad, mm -hmm. um, which I'm, I'm absolutely over the moon and really grateful and, and be, I'm very proud to be selected to be to be selected. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so that's pretty much it from me. Obviously, um, obviously, like, like I said, like, obviously, like I said, that well, it's been postponed until next year. Which is great. It was sad not to go this year. Yeah, it, it would have been nice to go this this year. Um, quite glad we didn't because it's it's meant to be um 
peeing down with rain in Ireland, so I didn't mind <laughs> getting very yeah, wet. We, blows. we don't moan about the rain. We like the I, rain. I do. You're from five. You should be absolutely loving the rain. You should be covered head to toe blood constantly. No, he's mobile <laughs> from five as well. <laughs> don't like the rain. And Jez, I mean, you know, uh, I, I'm sorry to admit this uh, live on one of our podcasts, but obviously, uh, being as old as you are, are you going to last another year? Are your knees going to hold up for you? I, it's not my knees that I'm worried about, it's everything else. <laughs> I've had more injuries playing six, no, I, I, how many games is it, Rich, so far? Four games, five games for the Mixed Ability team? Yeah, four or five than games, I, I think, yeah. yeah. Than, than I have in the whole 20 years previously of playing, it's brilliant. <laughs> it's, 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 um, not Rich, um, Jez, you're still quicker than me, mate, so don't worry. Ah, that's all right. I, uh, to be fair, even if I can't go because of injury, I will still go. I will pay for myself to go because mm -hmm. I know I've only been part of the Griffins team since last summer when I managed to bump into Darren at a charity game um, pretty much this time last year. And he said, come on down, have, have a look. It, it's looking really good down here. So I came down, enjoyed it so much, lucky enough to get picked for the squad. Um, but it, it's, it's just the, the guys are just so amazing. It's brilliant. Um, mm. it, it, I, it, it's really difficult to put into words, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you something now, Neil, that I'm hopefully, hopeful that you're going to remember. I don't yeah. know if you can remember many, many years ago playing Drybrook at the old, uh, at the old Deities pitch. Yes. And they came down and there was a young lad who um, came down to watch his dad play. And he was... Um, I think we were short as always and about he, six people <laughs> and he came to play for us and that all he kept saying to us was that he could kick right I don't know if you met tallish I lad do, I do remember that yeah yeah tallish lad blonde hair brilliant full of beans yeah, yeah. he was really really good at rugby but you, you know you, you could tell he wasn't um of did uh, say it's difficult to put into words yeah Rocked up to training for the Griffins, but who should I see? Is that young lad that I that played for us all those years ago, oh, and he's actually our number one kicker. Oh wow! And did oh. he remember you? He he doesn't. His dad remembers, oh, so his dad comes down and watches. But but for me, it, it's seeing it's 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 that whole as I we use the word inclusion, and mm. it, it's just how it as Rich and um, Darren alluded to before about how everybody just gets on and how it's like a it's like an old school rugby club it's how i remember yeah. a rugby club being none of these clicks no one's really specifically interested in winning per se they actually just want to play the game yeah. and that's 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 one, one of the reasons why i stayed at dieties for so long if yeah. i wanted to win games i wouldn't have played for dieties let's be fair <laughs> Ooh, <It's> not, <laughs> but, but fair and true yeah it's yeah, more yeah, about it's just about enjoying rugby, and that's what it, it, it's reignited my passion for the game. Well, I can tell just by the way you're talking about it, mate. Yeah. Honestly, it's, it's it, great to see. I, I've, I've done the whole for the last three, four years, I've done the whole journeyman thing of you know, rocking out for clubs left, right, and centre, just, just mm. playing. And I was falling out of love with the game, and it just so happened having that conversation with Darren come back down, it's reignited that passion mm. that's there, and the added bonus of possibly being part of the world cup yeah 
and more than likely, because I can see how well we play and how good we are as a team coming back next June 2021 as World Cup champions. Yeah, we'll, 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 we'll get you back on and we'll, we'll, do, a, we'll do a post-World Cup no, summer podcast. No, I've got more. I've got better. We're going to get Surrey Chargers and we're going to get yourselves on the week before. Obviously, just quickly on what Joe says. Obviously, I, I totally agree. I, I cannot see why why the Griffins cannot... I will not t- I'm not saying we will be favourites because obviously we've got a very tough group, I think. But I, I can't see why not. We, we, I can't see why we're not, we can't be up there and why we can't challenge other clubs for, for, the, for the cup. And I'm not just saying that because I'm a player. That's yeah. generally how I feel. I, I feel across the Griffins can challenge other clubs. And why, yeah, why not? Why, why can't we bring the cup home? Why not? Definitely. Well, there was a, a famous quote said by someone much wiser than myself. And I can't think of who said it. But it was, the man who thinks he can and the man who thinks he can't are both right. Mm. So if you go there thinking, oh, we ain't going to win it, then you're not. Simple as. Yeah. So it's all about yeah. the positive attitude, that thing. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it is, yeah. Go back briefly to what you were saying, Jez, about the, the camaraderie and the sort of the, the tight-knit unity of, of the Griffins. It reminds me very much of Dodgers, uh, Dodger Sevens. Now, yeah. we formed, I don't know if you guys know about this, we formed a, while, a couple of years ago now to promote men's mental health awareness. And as you know, Jez, I played many clubs, all over the country. Um, and I always enjoyed the clubs like Doughty's or, you know, the smaller clubs where you weren't going to win necessarily, but you had a great social life afterwards. Well, mm. Dodgers is more like a family now. You know, I, I was saying to someone the other week that my 15 season is a warm-up to sevens now. And I imagine that if any of you guys play 15s alongside mixed abilities, it's mm. very much the same. But yeah. it's great that to hear another club that's that's sort of, got it nailed in that sense and you know everyone yeah. feels included and part of it and um you know, you know it's, it's it's you're lucky to be part of something like that to be honest because not everyone can uh, can say yeah. that yeah yeah well okay. I, I i also sorry jez i That's also right. just, sorry mate i've just obviously just quickly Neil. obviously yeah. obviously going on what you just said is, is actually very true because obviously i also play for long evans third thirds Right. Which obviously is not mixability; it's more proper rugby. Yeah. Which with me, I I struggle because obviously I have Tourette's, so obviously it's not a great thing for me to obviously play rugby. But I, I enjoy it. it. Obviously, the more I concentrate, the more I focus. I don't. I I won't twitch at all. Which um, it's great when you when you because obviously when you when you got a rugby ball in your hand, you don't want to be throwing it around and losing possession of rugby ball. But yeah, no, just on a joke on a, on a more professional side now. But yeah, obviously, like playing for the thirds, it's to be honest. Yes, it's a little bit more diff- different to play mixed ability, mm. but on the on the on the flip side, I still I still love it, still enjoy it. I I remember my first game. I played. I think we played Coventry, mm. and we went seven 0 up, which was and it was all like yeah, great, you know, good good feeling, and then we lost the game seventy seven seven. Oh no way. And yeah. It, it, yeah, we lost, but the atmosphere was brilliant. And the best best bit of that game for me was, unfortunately, well, for me it was anyway. But um, I'm I'm a little bit fat and I'm an unfit, bless me. That's <laughs> why I said Jess is much quicker than me. But I, I remember I remember trying to chase their fourteen back, and he was gone. There was no chance of me catching up. I just literally uh, very uh, very badly just stopped and let him run. <laughs> 
there's there was absolutely no chance of me catching him. He was he was gone. Neil does that most games. As soon as someone gets past him, it's a stop. any position, not just a winger, anyone, you know, the ref, <laughs> oh, cool, uh, yeah. prop, you know, anyone. I got oh, there's a picture of me getting gassed by a number eight, and he he left us back of the scrum the same time as me. And by the time I turned round, he was a good four metres away from me. And he's a good 10 years my senior. And that was against the army. Oh my God. That, was, that was interesting. I, I, I think you've, you've hit it on the head, though, Neil, about it being a, a family. Hmm. It, as I say, from my point of view, I've only been part of the team now for 12 months. And I already feel like I know every, I've known everyone for years. Yeah. And the other good thing as well is, is it's not just the player side as well. It's the supporter side. I say my partner comes down. Um, she's enjoyed watching it. Um, it, it. To the point where even my partner's son, Jay, who's um, only recently just turned 17, recently diagnosed with epilepsy, um, has actually come down to play with us as well. Mm. Yeah. And, um, oh, wow. It, it, it's about being. Um, it, it's not. It's not just inclusive to the fact that someone's got a disability or a mental health issue. It comes back. It's inclusivity of everyone. I've been down. As you probably know as well, Neil. You've been down to rugby clubs where you're just expected to just play, and then that's it. Nobody wants to socialise you with you afterwards. They judge you for not having a drink in the clubhouse if you've got um you, you've got prior engagements or if you're just sat there drinking a coke because you don't want it you don't want a beer there's none of that it's literally you are you do what you want to do we'll support you whatever and i think that's one of the the biggest selling points of probably not just i i can't really say it for any other mixed ability clubs out there but specifically for gloucester griffins is everybody's just so friendly and so yeah. welcome yeah yeah definitely yeah, as I said, we spoke to Surrey Chargers last week and it, it, it emulates from what they've said that it, it goes away from the men, the, the um, obviously the other ability team or, or like the men's first team, first, second team and third team where there is those clicks, there is, there is those, it's a little bit tougher for the inclusion. You get some of the some of the players who are in the mixed ability team but do have the, the capacity to play higher up but they don't want to because they feel judged or they feel like they can't do things and this, that and the other. And that's and they emulated the same saying the mixability rugby team had it, it, it sees past all the sh all the crap all the situations that everyone's going through and it, and it gets down to the basics of let's play rugby and let's have a good time a good time doing it and uh, mm. yeah it definitely emulates in the the other uh, mix, uh, inclusive teams mm. see, I, I say we're seeing more and more how bad the regular men the regular men teams are and it yeah. is where it is bad if you look at it's not just the mixed ability teams you look at the the igr the international gay rugby you look at women's teams look at well i used to coach women's teams so they are just as bad as the men's teams um and you look at the mixed ability teams it's a whole different so they, they're so different because they yeah. past everything you walk on a pitch they they love you mm. yeah yeah, I mean, you know, normal clubs can, can learn a lot from, from that. And, <coughs> excuse me, obviously we've experienced it on the seven side, uh, which is obviously going to be a different experience to you guys. Yeah. But, but as a result now, as you know, we touched on earlier, I my 15 season is almost a warm-up to sevens, um, mm. which is why this lockdown period has really messed me up this year. I'm mm -hmm. really unfit now going back into the seven season. I'd, I'd have done a seven, uh, summer of sevens by now. And uh, yeah, instead I'm blowing after about 10 yards of running. 
um, which is what no different to... to normal then. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I was going to say that. <laughs> so when when forming this team, when setting it up, what what sort of challenges did you face? You know, in terms of maybe the administration side or getting the team together, what what sort of hurdles do you have to, to overcome? Yeah, I, I think certainly the administration knowing how to deal with certain disabilities. Um, because I'll be honest, I, I'm not an expert in it. I wasn't an expert, I'm still not. Um, but it's how people want that you know, the first form of communication, for example, like everybody's different. Some people prefer it written down, some people prefer it, you know, speaking to them orally and that. So it's a case of find out all those, all the little bits that people mainstream rugby probably doesn't have and then building it together um and it it probably took a good 12 14 months to to properly get it in some type type of shape that we can move it forward and when i was comfortable to move it forward we brought people like darren on um and other coaches and stuff to, to to take it that little bit further if that makes sense and Darren, and do you had had you had experience in mixed ability rugby previous to this? No, absolutely none at all. No at all. I went into it with a typical mindset. Didn't know what to expect. Certain you you have certain perceivements of what it would be, and was totally blown away. It's nothing like that, you know, nothing like that. And it's probably the best decision I've ever made. I mean, I also coach uh, kids as well um, and tens, but this is a whole other level. It's so rewarding, and, and probably the biggest. Um, biggest thing to come from it is, is if you can get people to that level of playing to filter into a third team of a rugby club, yeah. it can only benefit the club. Yeah. yeah, I think Long Lemons are one of the only clubs, luckily enough, in Gloucestershire to still have a thirds and seconds. You know, I was with Old Boys for years, amongst many other clubs, and they're struggling. I mean, the first are struggling anyway, but the seconds for the last two years, I think last two seasons collectively probably played fifteen games over both seasons. Um, and it's just, I mean, what do you think has got to change? What, what's, what's the problem with local rugby at the moment? Is, is are the clubs not being nice enough to people when they come up, or are they people just not interested in rugby? What, I don't know what it is. I mean, I, I had five, I mean, I had five or six years playing in Wales, and playing in Wales um, for the clubs over there, it's a lot more like the Griffins mentality. It's a lot more friendly. It's a lot more, you know, everyone's friends, you know, it's a lot more old-fashioned in the respect they'd all stay after the club and have a beer. You know, you'd all go up the town, like we used to about 10, 15 years ago, maybe longer, some of us. And it was old school. I had to use that phrase. It was old school. Now it just seems people are on social media, never rattle each other, whatever they're going to do, and off they go after one pint. So, you know, this is why the Griffins is so important. You know, we'll go to away matches, and, and some of our best trips are quite legendary, Rick, aren't they? <laughs> Derby was Derby was driving around Derbyshire. We didn't even know where we were, but it was fun running for two, three hours. You know, yeah. the magical mystery. It all makes the story, didn't it? it makes exactly the story. that. You know, <laughs> you know, drinking places dry most places. It's yeah. literally well, an old-fashioned way, and it's so refreshing to be back into that. You know, it's, it's yeah. great. I mean, yeah. sorry. No, so I was, I was just going to ask um, Jez a question. It's, I'm, I. JK's used to this. I jump all over the place when I'm doing it. <laughs> it's fine, don't worry. I just, um, I, just sit, I just sit here quietly when he's doing the podcast because I don't get no editing edgeways. No, that's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, Jez, obviously, being the um, sort of player and player welfare officer, yeah. um, not only do you have to cater to certain uh, special ability or mixed abilities of the players, um, but 
in terms of you know a, a subject very close to our hearts at Dodger Sevens, uh, mental health awareness. Do you have to have any training on that? Because surely, that I imagine there's going to be a higher rate of mental health um, issues, perhaps, to go alongside you know the other situation. I mean, is that an issue? Is that something you've had to look into specifically? Um, no, as as um, in all fairness, I accidentally stumbled across the player welfare position during <laughs> our end of season awards night. Um, <laughs> Three weeks ago, weren't it? Three weeks? Yeah, three weeks, yeah. Um, As far as I'm aware, there's no specific training needed, but I think, thankfully, um, my job role, um, I work for local government um, within within these, um, uh, uh, trying to best to describe it, um, disability commissioning. Um, so I work for the um, area that commissions packages of care for people with learning disabilities, mental health, um, physical disabilities, etc. So I've been on safeguarding training. I've been on um, training through that to be able to notice um, little signs when people are feeling that. But also because I'm manager of the team as well, it's given me extra training around how to notice these things. And I think it's more around having an, um, an empathic feeling to it just being able to read how people are you get to know if you're training with people and you're playing with people week in week out you get to know how they are you know that um say andy's quite a chatty happy smiley person if andy's not in a doesn't seem overly chatty and smiley i know that something's probably playing on his mind a little bit so i can actually go and have a chat with him even during games you can tell people like people will get involved and if they start to disappear off to the outside you know that they're obviously not feeling that they need a five minute chat or a little little breakaway it's just being able to just read those subtle changes which i think everybody has everybody like i'm sure neil you you've you've got friends that even you know if they're not very talkative you know something's up yeah 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 it's just being able to understand those sort of things and luckily because as we've said so many times before the griffins is so friendly and so inclusive and we're all there to support each other we know when something's not right whereas in any other club it's normally such and such isn't in a very good mood we're just going to leave them alone yeah Yeah. and i don't mean to tar that with every rugby club that's out there at all it's just i i know from previous experience that you do get there are those situations where that does happen yeah. Um, Jez, go, sorry, Jez, just quickly. Yeah. Sorry, just quickly, Jez. Can you remember? I can't remember who it was. What, what were you saying about obviously what you just said? Obviously, if uh, you obviously use me as example, which I'm absolutely fine. I don't. I've got no problem with using yeah. me as example. <laughs> that, that's actually just brought me back to actually a situation. Remember the game where I got really, really upset. Uh, my family came up to watch me. wasn't going my way. Nothing was going my way, and I got really, really emotional. Yeah, I think you and Jerry were the first, and this is nothing against other people because other people are going to be obviously playing the game and just doing what they got to do. But you and Jerry were the first people to notice that there's something wrong with me, and and I was actually I was, I was on about it the other day, and I, so I was actually telling my brother, and um, it was it, and I said to my brother, it actually really really made me feel welcome. It really made me feel like a, a part of the team. You That's notice that something's wrong. You come up to me and say, "Look, come on, mate, what's the matter?" And you just it, it really made me feel like really welcome. We're all one big family. Yeah. Mm. yeah, I think that there's a lot more emphasis on it nowadays, which is brilliant. And I'm, and I'm speaking about mental health awareness specifically. Yeah. yeah. 
you know, not just in day-to-day -day life, obviously with what happened to Caroline Flack, that brought it into sort of the forefront of the media. Mm -hmm. um, horrible thing to have happened, but mm. you know, her legacy has sort of pushed that forward. You had the Be Kind yeah. roster. Um, I mean, I work in construction industry. I supply trades labor. So I go onto sites now, all different companies and sites are, you know, they've got posters up about it. If you, you know, be the mate you'd want to be and that sort of thing. And Jez, yeah. you touched on a very interesting point that years ago, you'd look over, say you're at work and your mates just sat there mostly like, and the easy thing to be would to kind of ignore it. Yeah. And just be like, oh, he's, oh, yeah, we know he's having a shit day. Just leave him to it. We'll hopefully it'll be all right tomorrow. Um, yeah. And I think it's great that now people are realizing that is definitely the wrong thing to do. The best yeah. thing to do is just talk about it. Mm -hmm. And it's the hardest thing to do, don't get me wrong. I mean, I've suffered yeah. with uh, depression, anxiety in the past, and still do, you know, from time to time. Um, yeah. And I try and be a good advocate of it. But yet, mm -hmm. when I'm feeling down, the last thing I want to do is speak to a friend or someone about yeah. it. That's, that's the, the key there. So yeah. I think a lot of it comes from not forcing the matter. It's just letting people know that you're there. I think mm -hmm. it's having that that comfort in knowing that there are people there to talk to if you want to i do yeah. i i obviously we've been doing the press ups 25 press ups for 25 days and yeah. even i i knew the first couple of days of tagging people in it yeah you've got to do 25 press ups for 25 days and i started to think which i think a lot of people have done as well is that it puts added pressure on that person that you're tagging they might not feel that they want to do it or they can't do it yeah. but it's more just actually get saying to people that mm. mental health is an issue for mm. everyone but just knowing that you've got someone there that you can talk to if you want to yeah I've, I've struggled over the last 12 weeks with as i said before you know being stuck at home not being able to get out of the house to yeah. have that break break from work but i've like been been able to speak to people on messenger via text just talk about how how i feel inquiring at how everybody's feeling it, it, mm. it's just being able to ask that question you're all right if they want to turn around and go yeah i'm fine i'm not going to push the point but if they actually no. turn around and say no i'm not i'll then move it forward what step is there anything that i can help with it, it's yeah don't I you think that when you ask the question now are you okay you actually mean it whereas before yes. before it was like you're right mate it was a throwaway thing. Whereas now, yeah. when you ask someone that, you're actually generally like, you're okay? How are you yeah. coping? You know, so there are some massive positives mm. coming from the block now. Yeah. Oh, Definitely. yeah. I think it's weird. Definitely. Sorry, no, it, it's, ta it, it's taken us further apart, but in most cases, it's brought us closer together. Yeah. Mm. Through, through I, I, and technology. I mean, yeah. imagine if we were locked down 30, 40 years ago with no mobile phones, no tablets. Yeah, no. We couldn't have done this 10 years ago, even. What were you going to say, Rich? Sorry, Rich, what were you going to say? That's all right. I was, I was just going to say, when we, when we first started, you know, three, four years ago, it, it wasn't necessarily about getting 15 blokes out on the paddock, you know, to throw the ball around. It, it was more the everything else that comes with it, having a drink in the bar and stuff like that, um, which we found a lot of people were susceptible. They, want, they wanted that social interaction rather than, you know, don't get me wrong, the rugby is a huge, huge bonus, but they just wanted to be part of something, feel part of something. And that's something that we installed. Like, even though we only train once a week and we only play once a week, 
all, all of the coaches, all of the like the management team, all of our friends, or everybody, the wives, girlfriends, boyfriends, whoever, we're we're all accessible on on, on different formats of social media. Mm. So is it you know, and I think that's brought us closer together rather than only seeing people once or twice a week. You know, we're chatting to everybody on a daily basis, so we can really get a glimpse of if somebody's starting to struggle and you know there's a couple of people in the current climate who are struggling but Mm -hmm. the first thing that me Jess and Darren do is get our heads together you know this person's struggling can you reach out to them kind of thing and at first people might not want to know but just knowing that somebody's there you know almost like how everybody wrap their arms around their shoulder it it, it Mm -hmm. makes a hell of a lot of a difference. Massive. Yeah, it does. It does. Yeah, we've seen that with obviously within ourselves. We've seen uh, with the Dodgers rugby. We're very, very open that we're all available, and there is a there's a few of our lads that um, are going through a lot. Um, mm-hmm. uh, it's the same in ours. So we've got our own little management chat, and then we talk yeah. about it together. We go with action mm-hmm. plans and say this is the best way. Right, he's talking to me this time. I think if you give your tax and your, and it's all about having an idea between you all. Know you're talking together, but mm. to a better outcome because Rich, you'll go to one player and you'll give your view. They might not take that view, whereas Darren will go give his view next. It's like, okay, now I can see what's going on here, here, and here. This is how I can do yeah. it. Part of what Richard said, part of what Darren said, and go, that's what I'm going to do to help myself. Yeah. Well, that's helped us massively. Just specifically talking about the, the groups that we're involved in. I mean, you, we know for a fact, with our Dodger Sevens group, you can put a text on there and say, anyone free for a chat? Not even, You don't even have to say you're struggling or anything like that. If you put anyone free for a chat, within a minute, you'll have six I'm, text messages. You'll have four or five guys ringing you. Not panicking, but just like, you're right, mate, you want to chat? What's up? You know, And it's such a yeah. great community. And I imagine this is, it's very similar to, to you guys. I'm assuming yeah. you're doing sort of thing. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, like JK said, we've had, we've had you know, players really struggling we've had players you know um come out recently we've had players that struggle with mental health and things like this and to have that community and have that support and family is is amazing so to hear that you guys have got it done is 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 brilliant really yeah well yeah well obviously my um my girlfriend she suffers um very badly from mental health um she's got anxiety depression she's pretty much got the whole lot bless her uh obviously at the moment she's just finding the whole lockdown really really struggling She's struggling quite badly, and obviously, I every single day I just text her, "Hi, sweetheart, are you okay? Do you want to talk about things?" And if she goes, "No, nah, I'm not. I don't want to talk." Okay, okay, princess. I mean, if you want to talk, and the response I get back is, "She's like, oh, thanks, gone, Rich." Was that was that was, was that a banter then? Was it Rich? You were, you were, you were the way that that was, mate. Use those words, mate. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm always calling the princess. I'm always getting told off. But no, just honestly, just, boat, I don't have a wife anymore, so I'm, I'm that's why I'm happy. So I'm yeah, happy. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, but I was like, just, just slightly coming off mental health issue, which we we'll we'll we can go back to it. But this is again, this is what I love about the Griffins. But banter between Rich and Jazz and. The whole got, got, well, hang on, Jez has got no banter whatsoever. No, I haven't. No, at all. <laughs> oh, okay, I didn't get included okay, well, yeah, in that. It's got worse today. Worse today. Rich coming from you, Neil. 
Yeah, yeah, I know, but I learned off Jez. You got zero chance. <laughs> you learned nothing oh, off really? me, Neil. Nothing. <laughs> let let me reach out those pictures from that night out in the police lady. Let's not. Let's not go there. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go. Let's please. So obviously, I'm gonna obviously go back a little bit into the the mental health side of things. Uh, from I think I'm gonna mix the um the World Cup that was coming up with the mental health. Obviously, mm. 50 players uh, on your books. Only 30 can go to uh, the World Cup. Was there a bit of uh, a lot of conversations that needed to be happening with uh, a, a few of the players who weren't selected? Was it? I guess it was quite tough having to make those decisions. I guess that took weeks. Just it did. Um, yeah. I think we were building up for about what five, five, five weeks, six weeks of really like negotiating who should be where and in what, but. There were a few phone calls or a few conversations to be had with different players, you know. Mainly, we, we put that down to myself, but Darren picked up some of them and spoke to a few few of the lads. Um, but they could, they, the good thing about our team is they kind of got where we were going with it. You know, even though it is mixed ability, it, we, we never chose it on who's the best kind of thing, the best player. It's who who deserves it more, who turns out training, um, who 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 goes that extra mile for our team and within our community. Um, because that's something we, we take very seriously is is how, how our guys can not only within our club but how can they help the community out as well. Yeah. Yeah. And did you see? Did they? Did they? The majority. I'm guessing the majority took it on the chin, and obviously took took on what your words. But I'm guessing there was a few where you had to have a different approach and a different tact. And I mean, Jez, did you have to get involved in some of these conversations with where it did? Lauren, obviously, where they may have felt like they were on a spiraling way down, or no? I I think not. Not as far as I can remember. I know we've. Um... I've had conversations with people over the last couple of months about the World Cup in general with people that are going and people that aren't going. And as Rich said, I think in the main, everybody was pretty happy with the decisions that were made. I think we'd already sort of been built. So I, as I said before, I started in the August. I think from around about October time, there was discussions had about the World Cup or everything that we needed to do as players to make ourselves available um, to put ourselves in contention, the the, the coaches and the um, um, Rich as the director of rugby have been very open and honest about how they were going to approach picking the squad and supporting people who may not have been sort of in the running, so to speak, trying to get them up to speed, um, and and just generally ma- making everybody aware that it it was a thirty man squad. Some people will miss out, other people will go. And just so, just sort of uh, just keeping that support base there for those people that would have struggled. And I, uh, from my my point of say, I can't really remember anyone that had any issues with any of the um any of the selections. And in fact, the the select when when the team was finally announced, I think we had about it's about thirty five forty people there, Rich. Yeah, yeah I was going to say there's yeah. quite a few people, weren't there? And I, yeah. And from my point of view, everyone was happy, bub- bubbly, and clapping for everyone. Cheering for people. Yeah. We did a very actually, similar format to the when the England team announced their World Cup for Japan. So we had the pictures of players and then his kids. Oh, the music that. in the background as well. Love that. Which, which, which worked really, really well. 
Yeah. It, was, it was a proper World Cup launch night. Um, local dignitaries sort of turned up, that sort of thing. And well, the best thing is, you get to do one again next year as well. You have another one doing. Well, yeah. yeah. I'll probably be the only one who, out of the group who'll actually say this has probably come as a bit of a blessing. Yeah. The delay? Uh, I'd agree. Well, okay, there's two of us. To get ready, so I know for the very know. simple reason, we found out in September we accepted. Rich, I know a bit like, oh, I don't know. But we found out in September and we went on full throttle for fundraising because it costs a fortune to get 50 plus people over there, whereas care workers, accommodation, everything else, transport. Yeah. And, and we have done fantastically well so far. I mean, we targets we set ourselves, we absolutely blitz. But I think this extra bit of time, okay, the lockdown is not exactly ideal, but um, refocus, refresh, and also get some more training in, you know. You know yeah, definitely, yeah. Prepare. More popular. Yeah, yeah it's kind of, in a, in a way, Darren, it's, it's been a bless for me, because obviously, I don't mind saying this, but obviously I'm in a semi-independent living, which I had a meeting that, uh, yesterday, and they were actually on about moving me on in the next year or two. So I could be coming up. I could be coming to training the next year or two on my own, which for me it will be. It's yes, it's going to be scary, but brilliant because I'll be able to socialise with all the people I know up there, and I, and I'm I know for a fact everyone will look after me, make, keep me safe, well. make make sure I'm I'm all right. So I've got I've got no problems with that at all. To be honest. That's good because I was having a look, and I know obviously bumblebees are at my neck of the woods, as is Halifax magpies. Obviously bumblebees being the. Uh, um, the forefront of mixability in, in the in the past, given that they were yeah. the number one and they were the first. And yeah, they had a, sorry, Chargers had a tough group. You guys had a really, you had a, a real uh, World Cup group: Wales, Spain, England, and Argentina. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah, we're looking forward to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And so you can see some of the Argentina. I think was a big shock for me when I saw they've got a, a good number of mixability teams. Where, what's, the, what's the rules yeah. of rugby? Do you have to have a certain, like? Is there only a certain amount of able-bodied people that can play, or what? what is, what's the sort of mix there? What? No, it, it it's more based on you know the people who are, are deemed as enablers or um, like like ex rugby players that that you know they're not expected to you know be off eight, nine tackles kind of thing and in, in, in score under the post. It's more of about helping the likes of the Andes of this world in other people. Like, we we got a lad called Hayden. He's about, what, five foot two, um, extremely autistic. And he scored his first try for the Griffins down at Cardiff Arms Park last, last year. Um, absolutely. It, it was life-changing for him. Um, and it was just a case of a, a few, a few enablers would have probably could have, could have like wrote him off in a circle, but it was more about the fact that he'd go on and score. But so basically what I'm saying is it is that those people are more there to help that those people that need it kind of thing. So there's no set rules in or quotas or anything like that. It's, you know, you, you don't want your, your number 10 who's never played there before, you know, just throwing the ball about willy-nilly. So you, you, you stick someone in there generally who's played that position or has got a good knowledge of the game, example, for example. Um, yeah. but you, you know, you work on it like that, really. 
But yeah. when you just say Argentina, uh, when they played went to the World Cup last year, the the the, they had a game the day before they flew off where they actually played the Argentinian first 15 um, which was obviously very rewarding and then they were seen off onto the plane by the president of Argentina so wow. different, different countries have different aspects of how they want to treat their guys kind of thing um, and in yeah. sort of age ranges with the team then what's sort of your youngest player what's your oldest player um, go down, I'll let you do it because you've been quiet for a bit. <laughs> so, what, what's the age group? The youngest, I suppose, is we start at 17, don't we? Essentially, is it 16 or 17? You, yes, they, they can start trying at 16, but playing yeah. at 17. I'm assuming Jez is the oldest player at 67. <laughs> yes, in all honesty, there's no age limit, there's absolutely no age limit whatsoever. I mean, one thing to build on what Rich said as well is, which I, when I first approached it, thought this ain't going to work, is you know, enablers, as you said, are full contact where you go. The scrums are passive. Mm. Lineouts are fully, fully go for it, aren't they? As far as I'm aware, it seems to be. Yeah. And those who yeah. can't take the physical contact or anything else like that will potentially have, or aren't confident, should I say as well, have a bid. Okay. So when it goes to a ruck situation, if you sort of touch a player with a bib on, he goes down and presents the ball. No one can sort of jackal over or steal the ball. You know, it's just accepted. That's it. <laughs> And, you know, and it's front foot rugby from the start because you're always guaranteed to win your own ball on a scrum, which I played yeah. in. That never happens half the time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, um, and that's probably the beauty of it. And I looked into it and I thought, there's no way in this world it's going to work. And I played my first game and thought, you know what? This works. Yeah. Uh, did you, you, know, you people have different interpretations of it, teams. You know, we've come across where you need to have a word with the ref and say, hang on a minute, please stop writing off, you know, our bid player and things like that. But yeah. generally, it's, it, it flows so well. Honestly, you know, you never get a chance to have a look at it. It's great fun. Yeah. Playing it. It's great fun. Yeah. So one, one of the things about getting Mixability Rugby into, as a, uh, into the community game more, would it be the best set around mixing it with the Vets teams who don't generally have enough players to make a Vets team to play another Vets team? Mixing those ex-rugby players essentially who want to lace up their boots again with those with other abilities is that the, is that the way forward is that the because obviously most teams have a vets have a vet system and yeah. some capacity do you see that as the the way forward and the way to yeah. it? i don't know it, 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 it's a tough call because every, every player is differently you know i've played vets games where all they've wanted to do is have a 30-man brawl so and, and other vets teams, which are really more so on the social aspect side of things, um, you know, very welcoming to other players. Uh, yeah. As Jess said, with young Luke who played on either for Doughty or against him. Um, mm-hmm. So there's there's different ways around it, but we, you know, we we find that when we play our game, a lot of clubs, well, some clubs can manipulate. Like not so much the rules because there aren't any rules in place, but manipulate the situation. Um, yeah. but I th- I, certainly for us, it's about you know those not those people who are wearing bibs. Can they wear bibs? Let's build them up. Let's build their confidence. Uh, let's let's try and get them tackling. And if we can if we can do that, we've done our job right as coaches. Um, and I think we've had over the course of the last 12 months alone, there's about eight people who have started off with a bib, um, gained their confidence of, the, of themselves, of the coaches, um, and now gone on to just, just 
proper contact rugby, uh, Andy being one of them. But I think when it comes to who, you know, how do we how do we encourage more people to do it? It's purely a guess of getting the right people involved because um, we've all played rugby and there's been some bad eggs. Um, perhaps they're the wrong people to be showing showing others how to play it. Um, but certainly up at Surrey, you've got vets like Mikey Reagan, uh, people like that, who are very much on board with with, with what they're doing. And it, it goes to show he's moved on now to um, Harlequin's community, I think. Um, just, just on that, Rich, I, I can remember the Wooden Spoons game, which for me, yeah, I was absolutely shitting myself, um, especially some of the size of the players. But it, it, it was fun. I enjoyed it. It was, it was a great laugh. It was, it was amazing. But yeah, yeah that, that, that's side, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, no, it's good, and it's always those, those matches that stick in your in your mind, isn't it, and uh, and that sort of thing. So yeah. it's about getting those experiences, and you know, I I can't wait to I'll, I'll be following the, the results and stuff in the, when you do go to the World Cup, guys, and uh, hopefully get a chance to come and see a game over in Long Levens because I'm Gloucester boy myself. So uh, and I'm back. Oh, those you haven't mentioned that ever, Neil. You don't. I never mentioned I'm from the shed. Or, oh. You haven't mentioned the shed. You don't mention Gloucester <laughs> ever. Right. Well. Um, we've got all the serious questions out of the way. It's uh, scenario time now. I don't know if you guys have watched any of our podcasts, uh, but we usually do sort of scenario questions at the end. Right, uh, as we've put these to a lot of uh, our guests and different teams, now you're on lockdown for two weeks, right? You have to be locked down with one player that you play with, right? You cannot leave the house. You're having food brought to you. Um, you, you literally can't leave a two-bed studio flat for two weeks. Who would make it an absolute living hell? <laughs> See, I thought I saw all of your eyes going. Oh, I was thinking someone we'd like to have that with. <laughs> no, yeah, <laughs> who, who couldn't you survive <laughs> sweeting with and why? Literally, just watch the faces of God. Oh, there's so many. Who <laughs> would make it a living hell? Um, oh, and Jez, you can't pick Neil because I. <laughs> no, no, no. That's fine. It, it, is it raining during that two-week period? <laughs> we'll, we'll, yeah. Yeah. we'll say yeah. yeah. It's England. Yes, um, it, Hayden. Right, okay, why is that? Um, <laughs> love him to bits, but he's like a constant weatherman. He worries about the weather constantly. In fact, Darren and Richel confirm this. Um, we obviously trained yesterday, and the three hours beforehand, he wanted five-minute updates on whether training was on due to the rain, whether it was flooded. Um, yeah. I joke, really, it is part of um, Hayden's... Um, yeah disability so to speak yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah absolutely love him to bits but he he's like the energizer bunny he goes on and on <laughs> and on well, you need that on the rugby pitch you need that That's you like, do yes <laughs> yeah. what about you then andrew who would uh, who would you choose oh my god um and remember they can watch this at one point <laughs> <laughs> thanks um do you know what? I, I really don't know. I, I know that's not going to be very helpful. Diplomatic, um, Andy. Yeah. Thanks, Darren. You're a politician. Um, you can say anything on your um, uh, coaching staff as well. It doesn't have to be uh, just. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I've been nice, I've been, I've been nice to Rich. He, he wrote me off a wince already this season. <laughs> yeah, Darren, then who, who would you go for? Sorry, me? Yeah. I would say, out of our team, 
and 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 um, Jez has already alluded to him is uh, Luke Luke Begler. Right. The man is the Gloucester stash merchant. He has absolutely every bit of fresh stash from Gloucester. Not only will he put it in the group, he will message me privately and say, Dad, you've got to buy this, you've got to buy this. They've got to get him a job. If anyone else watches this from Gloucester Rugby Club, this guy promotes your stuff like you would not believe. Socks, <laughs> underwear, rain jackets. Get a, I'll, get you, I'll get a hook you up. I'll take a percentage of it. Just do it. Man is a legend. He can do some promotion videos and get them out. It's unbelievable. Absolutely relentless. He, he, really? He's awesome. Awesome guy. We'll try and facilitate that one. <laughs> what about yourself then, Rich? Um, obviously, I'm going to play quite diplomatic here, but Oof. I think if, if it comes right down to it, it's be one of three people, and, and we call them the three amigos. So you've got Dave, <laughs> Jordan, and Scott. <laughs> Wow. Honestly, if you can think of what you're, you're the biggest chaps in the world, then you're about there, kind of thing. But we we love them so much, we know what we're going to get with them. But you, you you add that with the fact that they're it feels like they're on ADHD, kind of thing. <laughs> you know, on on a on a constant. But yeah, it, it's quite uh, full on. So one of those three, I'd say. Neil. Hello. Can you remember Dangerous Dave from Gloucester All Blues? Yes. That's the Dave he's on about. Oh, right. Okay, fair enough. Oh, that. Small world, yeah. Yeah. He played for It's very unnerving. Me? The pair of you, you literally sat there going, Long Leland, what about. How many is there? I worked out. I designs tattoos and I wanted him to design me a sleeve. And I said, I'm going to put the club crest of every club I've ever played for on there. Yeah, I need both arms. Yeah, so that's just yeah, I'm just a rugby rugby slut as I get called, or tiger uh, <laughs> words and all that sort of stuff. Right, one more really really important question. So you all wake up in a darkened room. Uh, you're thinking, what the hell's going on here? There's no way out. You hear a little squeaking coming from the corner, and it's that little scary bugger from Saw coming in on his little tricycle. Oh, Jesus! Oh, right. So you look over on the table, and to survive and get out of the room. There are three bottles of Jaeger, 30 pints of Guinness, 20 pints of Lager, and three bottles of Port. Now, between the four of you, you've got to pick three players from the team that you reckon could do it in four hours. Oh, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm out, totally. <laughs> well, well, like a boat races. How many players? How many players? How many people? Well, I was going to say three. It depends on how big the drinkers are, obviously. Well, let's be realistic. You probably go for the three amigos on that, couldn't you? They do it on the Saturday night. Yeah. Aaron can drink. Nice. Do you ever have boat races and stuff like that after games? Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. I think we have one down at Cardiff not so long ago. Um, yeah. We we just beat yeah. we just put thirty points on Cardiff at the Arms Park at the moment. That's the Gala base, and we um, smashed a bit the boat race as well, which is always a good winner. It's always better, and it makes the beer taste better as well afterwards. Yeah, exactly. Excellent. Right, so, guys, I think that unless anyone's got anything to add, that that pretty much wraps it up for today. Really, I was only going to say I, I am in awe of you guys. Obviously, yeah. given my background with my ten-year-old son. Um, you guys are a godsend, and Keep I doing hope it does go on. And I know the effects 
you are having on, on people's lives, on kids' lives and adults' lives. Um, I, we played in Swansea at the Beach Rugby against the Mixability team. And yes, he did it illegally and we won't talk about that, but a young lad scored his first try. And the ref was going to blow him and we went, nah, crack on, let him have this because he was jumping around and you could just see the joy in the faces. And Yeah. Again, JK, that is what, in my eyes, that is what rugby is about. Exactly, exactly. And seeing that joy fill, fills me with warmth. So mm. I, I am envious of you guys getting to see that on a, every Wednesday on a, on a weekend. So you guys... Mm. Uh, yeah, well done, guys, and keep up the good work. And yeah, thank, thank you very you. much. You're welcome. Yeah, and thank you very much for coming on, lads. And um, please keep in touch with us. As I say, you know, um, obviously speak to Jez often, you know, and again, anyway. So keep in touch with us. We'll try and get down and come and watch a game at some point if we can. Um, I know a few of the other Dodgers are often in Gloucester, uh, visiting me anyway, so we can uh, try and get a team show social sorted or something like that. A few of us. Yeah, yeah, please, yeah. Please come down. Join in. If you want to join in, come and join in with us as well. That'd be even more fun. I'll bring me boots. I'll bring me boots. See, see if I can burn you off. <laughs> just challenge <laughs> <laughs> accepted. I'll, I'll just put it out there then. In the start of December, we are actually at home against Surrey Chargers. So there we go. There's no excuse, really, is there? Okay, come on. Thank you. Unlike Neil, I play decent standard rugby, so I might not get able to get out of it. But <laughs> <laughs> okay, water boy for a big team is not something to be proud of. Jez, keep in touch with me about the date. Yeah, we'll do. I'm going to try and get a few of the Dodgers boys down. Dominal, who spoke to the Surrey Chargers the other week, and that would be a good good social. Yeah, champion. Yeah, definitely. Right, thank you for your time, gents, and uh, we'll keep in yeah. touch and hopefully get you back on when. Uh, Got some more news to talk about, like the World Cup or something like that? Definitely, yeah. yeah thanks thanks for Excellent. Cheers, guys. Thank you. Okay, cheers. Cheers, Neil. Cheers, JK. Yeah. Okay.